Welcome back to the lineup. I'm LJ. I'm Mike. And we have Pete Nelson with UConn Alumni Magazine. Welcome, Pete. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Excited you made the long trip to get here, get out here. But, oh, uh, I love driving through Long Island. It's beautiful, <laughs> especially like around rush hour. It's perfect. Yeah, I, well, it should be rush hour when I on my way home. Yeah, so yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to having. You can like really a, enjoy it. Yeah. Break down right on the bridge there. Uh, <laughs> Same so, with us. Yeah. yeah. We're uh, we're excited to sit down. I mean, there's the ties with UConn, so for us to be to be able to kind of talk about right. the UConn days is always a, a pleasure for us. So. Did you go to UConn on a baseball scholarship? We did, yeah. Okay. Yes. So you tell me about high school and, and into UConn. So for me, I went to Brantford High School. Um, probably sophomore year, it was always I'm going down south. That's it. I got to get down south. Mm -hmm. By junior year, I went to a camp at UConn. Shifted everything. I, I just a new. I had a weird feeling that that was just going to be the spot for me. Several reasons. My brother was there. I got to see how the coaches interacted with players. So from junior year on. I only focus on schools in the Northeast. Okay. So um, I was actually telling this to LJ the other day. UConn, we got. I did get a scholarship. It was the only school I didn't get a full ride to. And for me at 18, you know, my parents didn't pressure me at all. Right. They said, "You make the right decision. We trust whatever you, whatever you're gonna do." And it was like a no-brainer for me that I turned down the full rides and went UConn. And I don't think I would have got to where I was without without. The coaching and the atmosphere that I was with, training okay. and, and did they mental. scout you in high school? Did they send? They did. To come watch? Coach has a he had a really interesting way of doing it too. Okay. He would come and you wouldn't know he was there. So he would he wanted to see how we were when when the players didn't know they were there. So I think that's really interesting. Yeah. Not that like we're yeah. we're ever gonna like you know go into these games nowadays. These kids are like showboating and hitting home runs, and we weren't like right. that. But like it's kind of it's a good approach back then. Because if I'm not doing well, back then be? that was 2007. 2007. You were what? 2000. 2009. Kids Sorry. probably have like video highlight reels where I send around or something. Yeah, it was that was just starting to come up when we were when we were getting recruited during that process. People were starting to create the reels and stuff like that. But once I think when we were out of school, that became like a, a bigger thing. I think so too. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I wish we were on their, their Instagram now. I mean, UConn Facebook oh, marketing yeah. is all highlights. I think there's like a YouTube video of me fielding a ground ball. That's it from UConn. That's okay. it. <laughs> there's no, there's no like people coming to watch and, and you, filming. What position were you playing? Third base. Third base. You were all over. You could play all over. Yeah. He I, want, I, I started short. He wanted to take my job at first. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but then I quickly Did realized. You come up the same year? No, he was two years below me. Yeah. Two years behind. Okay. Yeah. No, I came when I came in freshman year. It was it was Mike at short and Nick Ahmed at short, and I was like, you know, I got to find a new position. <laughs> okay. They were too they were too elite at that position defensively for sure. Right. And then Nick went to third. He was so bad at third. I bet you he admitted he was so bad at third. I got hurt. He went to short, and it took me one game. I'm like, coach, that is our short. Like that's the best short sub I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Okay. So no one was going to compete against Nick with defense. Yeah, what's it was the really difference good. between that being great at short and not good at third? Arm strength or no? I think it was. I think making all the routine plays is. I think is Nick the biggest is, part. Yeah, he was so fundamentally sound that any ball in his uh, range radius, right. he was making. If he can get a glove on it, he yeah. was making out. Yeah, and that's big for shortstop. Yeah, third base is all reactionary. Yeah, so if it's hit, I didn't mind if it was hit hard. I didn't mind if it's softly either, but like it's more you're not thinking. Yeah, you're just reacting. Shortstop is yeah. uh, Nick is very good at making the. That's a perfect way of describing him. 
yeah. but also making hard plays look routine. So it's like a, a mix of it. Yeah. So you went, yeah. What, where'd you go instead of second or third? I went to second. I mean, instead of short. Yeah, I went to second base. Second, okay. Yeah. And then I played there the rest of my career at UConn. Okay. Yeah. Well, he played with a broken bone his freshman year. Which one? In his arm. Yeah, my right, my right elbow. Oh dear. Yeah, I uh, I oh didn't dear. I didn't even know it was broken. So we were at UMass. Where was it, how was it broken? We were at UMass playing a game, and I was actually in left field, um, ironically, and uh, I made a throw. Yeah. And after I made the throw, my arm just went dead. I didn't know what happened. I just thought I got a dead arm. So like I, a sting. Thing? Yeah, it was just like it just went just went dead. Yeah. And then um, I got a base hit to me that like the next batter or two batters after. And just to throw it into the cutoff was like, I had to flip it to the center fielder at the time. I was like, I can't throw this in. Yeah. And then the, the inning ended and I came in and I just went to my coach and I was like, coach, I can't lift my arm over my head. I don't know what's wrong. So he had me go see the trainer and I was like doing bands <laughs> at the end of the dugout, you know, just doing band work and had no idea that I had a stress, stress fracture. That's, that's exactly what it was. Okay. I played through it, I, in, I, in this? right in the elbow, right in the bone. Right there, okay. And um, I got it checked out because, you know, I wasn't able to throw. I couldn't even put shampoo in my hair, but for some reason I could hit. It yeah. didn't, I didn't feel it when I was hitting. Okay. And so I was DHing for a while because I saw two specialists and both of them said that, you know, you just have inflammation in your bone. You know, you just have to like... Get get through it. it. They X-rayed it. They they MRI'd it. Yeah. So I went on to the Cape Cod League that summer, and I DH. So I DH my whole freshman year. I DH the whole freshman uh, summer league in Cape Cod. Playing that league is pretty. It's it's an honor to be in that league. It's all the best players in the in the country. Okay. College players. College. Yeah. yeah. And I was uh, I wasn't able to play a position. So people were like, "What's wrong with him? You know, can he not play position? Can he not throw?" And we kind of just kept it under wraps because we didn't know what was going on. Mm. Ended up doing really well, you know, DH that whole year. Come back freshman fall, the swelling went down. I got an x-ray and MRI and the doctor, Dr. Ahmad with the Yankees, I uh, got like a third opinion. And he was like, yeah, your arm's, your arm's broken. <laughs> you need a screw in your arm now. And I have a screw in my arm about like this big okay, okay. forever. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so that was like crazy to me that I played that entire season with a broken arm and didn't even know it. Uh-huh. Well, he needed you, so yeah. that's a good thing he did. Yeah. Now, I, the, the Cape Cod, did you play Cape Cod? Too? Yep. It's, it's kind of legendary as, as classic American baseball. Is it, is it really like that in, re, in reality? Yeah, it's amazing. It's, it's that. How many teams in the, up and down the Cape? Eight. Eight, yeah. All in the Cape? Yep. Okay. And you were with, what, Orleans? I was Orleans, yeah. Nice, yeah. I mean, we used to really do nice. all our family trips straight to Cape Cod. Yeah. And we had four boys. We would just watch every single game. We would be there for a week and a half. Yeah. And we couldn't wait. Same so atmosphere. Like, yeah. It, when we played, is you could see all the little kids doing the same thing. Yeah. yeah. It was really cool. To like that was the first moment when you're like, I think I'm on the right path to. There could be something here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because competition is. You're facing the best. Yeah. Yeah. The best so pitchers, no best it. position players from each college team on one of these eight teams. at that level are getting up 95, 96. Oh, yeah. Definitely. For, my first yeah. game was against Chris Sale. A true story. In he the struck, Yeah, he struck out the he first. He hurt? <laughs> no, yeah. He Sorry. struck out the, the first 15 guys and, no, let's see. I hit fourth, nine, whatever it was, 13 or what. I, being the strikeout guy, I actually fouled out to first base and the crowd cheered because he struck out the first 13 guys. <laughs> oh I God. called my dad after I said, listen, if they're all like this, I'm, I'm done. Like, I, this is right. probably the end for me. Like, if they pitch like him, there's no right. one. 
So it's like you're... Was, is it possible he was thinner then than he is now? I think he's <laughs> pretty much the same. Because he's what, six? He's six, like four, six, five, but uh, 170. 180, yeah. 80. Wow. Such a good, because I played with him with the uh, White Sox at the end. W yeah. Unbelievable teammate, like incredible competitor. Well, one of my favorites that yeah. I played against. But I, I told him that in the song. I said, hey, do you remember me? And he's like, what? I said, I fouled out against you in the Cape Cod the first game. <laughs> Everyone cheered. <laughs> <laughs> Fun little start to this when I got over there. Yeah, sure. Um, so, tell me about being. Uh, you come from a baseball family. You didn't. I mean, you, your dad mm -hmm. played. Were you like? Tell me about you as like six years old. How did you? How did you play ball? Because my my son was like, it's all organized leagues and parents driving. Oh yeah, yeah. He didn't, he didn't get to just go to the park and play with his brother right. like I did. I had three brothers. I played baseball outside every single day. Baseball, basketball, football. I think, uh, you know, my dad coached me from Little League till probably high school. Okay. But he coached with his best friends. So his best friend would coach me. Right. And he so would coach his sons. Uh, so they didn't that's have the way that to thing. do it. Yeah. yeah, you could. And he would give, thing's bad. Yeah, it? he would give him full reign and do whatever he wanted to me. But I, I do remember a story of my dad, like, he said one of his other good friends, his son was um, playing catch before our first T-ball game. And he was trying to figure out what hand to put the glove on. Uh -huh. And you know, his dad, he was thrown to his dad. His dad had, was rolling to him. And then he looks over and my dad started catching with his bare hand. And then my dad had to put a glove on. And I was like five. And then he said that he just remembers his buddy coming over and being like, I don't understand how he's throwing the ball. I was throwing hard enough that my dad had to put a glove on. So then my dad was like, finally, I always ask him, when do you think I was good? And he said, I think that was a start. Okay. And then it was up to you how, what you wanted to do with it, and he just let me roll with it. Right. So he played in college. He played at Quinnipiac. Okay. And um, I also think it was probably the best thing sometimes that he maybe didn't know too much about baseball. Mm. Yeah. Because he would give me advice. So he coached you until like sixth grade? Is that? It was probably, yeah, right around there. Yeah. And he would give me advice in baseball where I'd be struggling. I'm a head case. I'm thinking about what pitch is coming, slider this, blah, blah. And once he hears that, he'd be like, hey, I think your hands are too close to your body. So like, then it shifted my mind into not thinking about what's happening, what pitch is coming, what my swing is doing. Right. I'm thinking about something more small. And then I would, I would go, I, I guarantee you, before he told me the key, like when I was 25, right. I was probably about 800 every time he'd give me advice. Because uh, I wouldn't ask him. Right. But like, it, it'd get to a point where I'm struggling. I'm like, Dad, I need you to come. You got CBP. And he yeah. would just throw out something stupid, something random. Yeah. Hey, I think you're too short. I think you're too narrow. Like, yeah. why don't you wind out something really that had nothing to do, and allowed me to compete again. So, yeah. like, he made. Yeah, it's, key. it's like it helped me so much. It's so you know, the, the, like, remember Lee Trevino, the golfer? Yeah. Mm -hmm. he, he would hustle golf all the time, and he would he would say to the, the guy he's playing, "Did you uh, change your stance? Oh, uh. never mind." You know, and then the guy's going. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. a tiger thing. It mess him up. Yeah. It, like Tiger Woods did the same. Oh yeah. 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 There's a documentary that came out. But there's, there's always, with baseball, there's so much information you can get. Sometimes it's not good to yeah. have all the information. Yeah. Well, you, you were lucky because you, your dad understood hitting, like, the, the fundamentals. You know, like, you, you were well more advanced coming into UConn. Like, I didn't even know what, how did to get Did you have brothers, too, or? No, two sisters. Two sisters. Yeah. Okay. They bully you? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> get ready. Get ready. <laughs> yeah. But, like, you know, you had understanding of how pitchers. You understood how the game was going. <coughs> your dad, like you were with your dad for 
how long, like Bat Boy and this, and being around. Yeah, you, how, old, how young were you when you started being a Bat Boy? What's the cut? What's the Dusty Baker Sundage? Trying, yeah, <laughs> trying to think. I mean, early on. Um, I mean, yeah, probably like third, third or fourth grade. I started mm -hmm. doing that, mm -hmm. um, and it was it was in Norwich, Double uh, A for the oh, for the Yankees at the time when he was managing them. Um, that was pretty cool. I got the bat boy on that team, and on that team was guys like uh, uh, Darnell McDonald, um, Nick Nick Johnson, Alfonso Soriano. Man. All those guys were on that team before they became anything. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, bat boy. When he was coaching the Yankees, I, I lived with him in Baltimore for a season. Bat okay. boyed with him there. That's so cool. Um, I got homeschooled. That was my freshman and sophomore year of high school. Okay. That was pretty cool. Homeschooled by by him or by? I had some, uh, some a tutor. tutor. Yeah. yeah. I would have yeah. loved if he homeschooled you. <laughs> <laughs> He's been homeschooling me my whole life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he took you. He take you out and play catch when you're little and. Because my dad always used to pretend I made his hand hurt. Yeah. 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 Oh, that was. You know, yeah. I no. remember about five years ago he was bullshit. <laughs> five <laughs> years ago. Yeah. 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 Uh, cool. Who, so, so your heroes were the guys you saw uh, in person. I mean, did you have like Hank Aaron, who you didn't? He wasn't in the clubhouse, but. No, nah, I, I I met a bunch of the guys from that core four team. Like I was around that that boying stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and I mean, honestly, it sounds cliche, but my dad was probably my idol with that because. Growing up as a kid until I was probably like 13 or 14, um, he was always on the road. He was coaching, you know, six, seven months out of the year. Yeah. And that was always during spring, summer, where baseball would be. Right. So a lot of people think that, um, you know, he was around to teach me all these things in Little League, but it was really my mom bringing me everywhere and having yeah. catches with me and doing all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of realized that I was like, I, I was naturally good at baseball at, at that time, probably like 11, 10, 11 years old. Actually, when I was eight years old, my parents forged my uh, birth certificate. I don't know if I could put this out there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so I could That's play with the 10-year-olds. Oh, I see, yeah, yeah. Um, in different, in Porchester, New York, and not in Greenwich, because I was, I was pretty more advanced than my age group in Greenwich yeah. and they they kind of tried to find some more competition for me, so that's, that's what I did. That's kind of when I realized early on that I was like pretty good at baseball. Right, right. How were you size-wise? Were you a small kid? Or I was small until uh, my senior year of high school. <laughs> Literally, I was uh, my freshman year of high school. I was four foot eleven, um, and my I stayed back my junior year at Iona Prep because um, of the Regents test that they have that you have to get ready for in New mm -hmm. York State the requirements. Mm -hmm. And I remember that year I was like five seven, maybe 150 pounds. The next year I went to IMG Academies in Florida. And that was when I started getting recruited for college. Uh -huh. And I was getting like D2 offers. And then that spring going into, uh, no, that uh, winter, that winter going into the spring, I grew like five inches I, I, to like 6'1", 185. Mm -hmm. And then I started, I grew into my abilities. Like I had the abilities, but I was smaller. Right. And then I grew into my body and like my strength at, at 18 years old. And then my abilities kind of took off too, from or? there. What did you say? Did you start working with weights and... Yeah, exactly. So when I got to IMG, I started working with weights, nutrition, mental training, uh, mm -hmm. stuff, you know, that they're not really teaching you in, in public schools because they're not focusing on sports like that. Right. Yeah. Right. So that was pretty, that was pretty life changing for me, IMG. And that's when I uh, actually, what does IMG stand for? Uh, it's just IMG Academies. Okay. Yeah. In Bradenton, Florida. Uh -huh. um, 
that's when I started getting recruited D1 all, all over. I went to this national showcase my senior year and went four for four with four doubles, the one in Iowa. People don't forget. And, yeah, I, and I got, um, I think Good it's, boy. yeah, boy. yeah. Good spot. Um, and I got a uh, hitter of the tournament or whatever. And then I started getting all these calls and offers. And when it came down to it, <clears throat> that summer I, I decommitted from uh, another school and I called up St. John's and UConn because I decided I want to stay home. I didn't want to go south or west. Right, right. And I knew that Mike was already at UConn because that was one of the recruiting uh, pitches. You know, we have this young stud. You use me, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and then I also played summer ball with George Springer and Matt Barnes for Team Connecticut. And uh, I knew they were going there. So, you know, I was like, I, I kind of want to be a part of something. Right. You know, I want to be part of building something instead of going did, did to a program. Turn, like turn down a chance to sit on the bench at a bigger school for a chance to play at UConn or something like that? I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't really like a uh, bench. Likewise, uh, all my offers were pretty much you have a chance to compete for a starting job as right. a freshman. Even UConn said the same thing to yeah. me. No one guaranteed anything. Okay. Okay. Um, but I knew who was going to UConn. My two, my both my sisters were at UConn, and uh, my dad had just turned down a job with Joe Torre and for the Dodgers at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was going to go out there with him. I was going to go to USC. Mm -hmm. And when we both realized that we were just going to separate the family. He, he say that and I'm like, I want to say back. Mm -hmm. So, and I was like, you know, wherever I go Northeast, wherever I'm playing, right. I'll have my dad who, who had 14 years in the big leagues who can be a voice of reason or mm -hmm. someone I can go home and talk to at right, any right, point. Right, so right, I right. thought, I thought it was like a smarter decision. Yeah. It like and did you have uh, other schools besides you kind of thinking of or? <sighs> Not really. Yeah. I mean, I had a lot of schools that were interested in the Northeast, but like, no. I literally made up my mind. I made up my mind junior year. Mm -hmm. So I was, my brother went there my junior year. I committed, yeah, the fall of junior year. Yeah. Once I went to the camp, I was pretty much it. Okay. Okay. So you, your podcast is about baseball stories. Yep, a little bit. And so I want to get some of those. Um, I, I think I told you I covered the Atlantic League. Mm -hmm. And Butch Hobson was the coach in Nashua. I don't know if he still is. But there was a game when, when he was arguing with the ump and he picked up the second base bag, which is unusual. Yeah. Most guys throw it somewhere. He took it to the stands, autographed it, and gave it to a kid. <laughs> <laughs> so what, give me some stories. You know, I don't think the only time I ever got thrown out of a game was my rookie year in Spokane. Wiener Wednesday, so it was packed house. Uh -huh. <laughs> and it was bases loaded, 3-2 count. It was a ball by a ton, not even like have to look at the camera, it was probably by six, seven inches. Yeah. I drop my bat, I walk, run to first, and like the crowd's going crazy, so I don't really understand what's going on. And the umpire had called me out, and then kept calling me out, and he's like, I got the first, and he's like, hey, you, you're out. And I'm like, no, I just took off my gloves. I'm like, I'm not getting, and the guy was right <laughs> next, the other guy was on first base, he's like, I don't know what to do, Mike, but I think you're out. I'm like, I'm not out, like I can't well, they run it. Yeah, yeah my, on my team, he's like, Mike, you, Mike you're out. Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> so we were standing there, and then it was like the most polite way for me to like, so then my coach came out and got into it. I didn't even get into it. Yeah. I was like, what am I going to say to him? I don't know. <laughs> Besides, that wasn't a strike. Right. And I just walked off. That was like my 10th game in a pro ball guy. I haven't got thrown out since. Okay. I That's was fine. I was more a fiery guy towards myself, not like towards anyone else. No no, no bench clearing brawls in, in, the, in your history? No. No. Not a, I've been in a couple, yeah. Uh, the one in Dominican was wild. I mean, tell me about that. 
well, there's 120 guys on each team. Like, oh wow, yeah. It, this is actually a great story. Okay. And my, are you serious? There's this, no, this is there's probably 90 people on each side, right? There is an American guy. There's five so American guys teams. on each team, and then the rest is Dominican guys. Yeah. And Pat Butler, is it Pat Butler? Dan Butler, played with the Red Sox at that time. He's catching. One of our guys hits a home run and just showboats, which is normal there. Like, it's not a big deal. Yeah. yeah. And Dan, it's kind of like a fiery guy, said something at home plate. Next time this guy got up, Dan got up, he got hit. Mm. So, like, he's kind of jawing a little bit. Now, once I learned, I learned Dan, and, like, five years later, it's the most ridiculous story ever. Yeah. <laughs> it gets drawn. All of a sudden, both benches clear. Both bullpens are coming in. And when the there was... Haymakers, like on the far side, there was cleats off, everything, like everything dusted off. Dan's at first base, I'm at first base, and he's like, Hey, good, sorry. My uh, girl just came into town, and I really wanted to show her, like, I really <laughs> wanted to. I said, Dan, are, are you, you really just did that because your girl, <laughs> I could have died. It was, the fun. and then I got to play with Dan in 2018. It, like, what, knowing, his, tell me his last name again, Butler. Butler. Okay. Knowing his person personality it's like the funniest thing in the world dry humor like yeah. the nicest human being ever but like just our john and that the first thing he says yeah, i'm sorry my girls came in like, I, just, <laughs> I was like are you damn, we could have died out here that's awesome yeah. that, that's a good bench clearing one i mean well i mean also like my first year in spokane i kept getting thrown inside a lot like a lot of pitchers were coming after me you crowd in the play no no but it was just part of like learning kids had to learn how to throw inside right and it just so happened to be a lot of it was coming towards me from a couple. And I remember we had a team meeting, and he's the coach was like teaching us how to fight. And I'm just like, wait, wait, time out. Like, is that a possibility? Like, we got, <laughs> like we're having fights. Like, listen, I want you to be alert because guys are coming in from all over. I'm like, holy <laughs> crap, this is day six. I'm like, hey, mom, mom, I don't know. <laughs> like, we're having meetings on how to fight. I'm like, damn. But yeah, it's like hockey. You would make yeah. Sense, I mean. But, it, yeah. Listen, all I would need is a nice, a nice one to the jaw, and then I'm good. Like I, I should get riled up. Yeah, you just gotta yeah. get woken then, up a little and bit. And then the Hulk will come out. But <laughs> I like to keep him inside right. as best I can. <laughs> you know, I still remember when Jason Veritek shoved his mitt in A Rod's face. That was a good one. I watched that live. And uh, he was, he, A Rod was at the game with the Celtics and the Heat. He was in the stands, mm -hmm. and, the, and the Celtics were sucking. I said, "Somebody punch A Rod! Just, <laughs> wow. just do it again! Just once." Yeah, that's a good. That, they had rivalries back then. That was when baseball was really fun yeah. to watch. Yeah. Did you get any fights or, or? No, no. I was when I was a kid. I, I would play in um, the parade grounds. I, I was on this like AAU team in New York, and I had my last name on my on my back. And right. when I was at the age in the like in the inner city, people knew the name, so they assumed that you know I was like this silver platter kid yeah. that was like in the baseball world that you know was given everything right. and i had learned the hard way that you know i would get thrown at and i was like 14 years old <clears throat> and i didn't know why and it would yeah. piss me off and my dad i remember he would he would like always tell me he's like just just beat him on the field beat him with your bat you know yeah. so i've always taken that mentality for the rest of my life and anything that Whenever like things like that happen on the field, like I'm not I'm not like an instigator, but like I I, I flip a switch, I get like locked in when stuff like mm -hmm. that happens. More more so like letting out the anger. Of course, yeah. But there's always like two or three guys on a team that don't have that. They're just crazy. Yeah. They're crazy. Yeah. 
It's a it's a rush to get into a bench clearing brawl. It's a rush. Yeah, we have to, we've had teammates that are just looking for it. I know. Yeah, it's like they show up to the field looking for it more than anything else. I always hate when they would Gotta be. get that aggression out. Yeah. I hate like it's a freezing cold day and you're listening to a pitcher's meeting and you're like, all right, listen, two seamers inside, just pound them in, pound them in. Worst thing that happens, we hit them. It's three degrees and that guy throws 99 and like you could just see, be at oh, third yeah. base and I'm like yeah. seeing the catcher, I'm like, we got one more batter if it gets hit and <laughs> things are going to get dicey here real quick. Well, playing in cold weather, and you end up doing that in the... What's the coldest you ever played in? Opening day at, at, in Chicago. Yeah. You could have died. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was... I, and I played the... I was the bench, and I came out. Oh, God. There was heaters on the bench, which was great. I was still freezing, and I remember I had to pinch hit. I walked out on deck, and I looked back inside. I said, is this a good idea? Like... <laughs> Should to I be stay ice, warm? Ice cold and just out here trying to hit. Because in Chicago, they didn't have any batting cages. So you couldn't yeah. even get one. You're talking about the, the White Sox. The, that was with the Cubs. Cubs, right. Yep. So their locker room, it wasn't the new stadium yet. Yeah. Even though the revised stadium. We would literally, I'd warm up in the locker room. We would put socks together and tape oh, them up. Yeah. And I, we would throw them uh-huh. in the locker room and swing. Uh-huh. And then I did that for like five, six swings. And I went out there and I'm like... There's no way these guys played a full game. This it so, was well, wind, it was like negative in in, Bing- in Binghamton where uh, Bingo, oh, Binghamton's called open, opening day there. It's like everyone's in ski masks and stuff. And it's funny I learned like a trick from you know my Dominican team. No, my Dominican teammates they're not used to the cold. Well, yeah. So the way that they would warm up is they'd be they'd each take a shot of scotch before the game. You what about when they would put on the basket? <laughs> and that was like a thing for them. It was like a normal thing. And it was like, you you all wanna no, I'm I'm good, I think. <laughs> like I'm about to go play a game. It's like, are you sure, Poppy? It'll make you make you warm, you know. You know so that's not a performance enhancing uh, substance. No, <laughs> no. It was more it was, it was more of a relaxer, yeah. yeah. But it was just funny that people have different ways no, to they, deal with the cold. I, I used to see guys with putting Vaseline all over their bodies, so I'm like, what the hell is that all about? He's like, This is gonna help me stay warm. I'm like, I literally don't think that's gonna help you at all, but hey, whatever was <laughs> Yeah, the, those Dominican guys, or yeah, yeah, yeah. So, hey, they played well. Do you ever get guys from Australia or like other yeah. parts of the world who just don't know how to live in America? You know, uh, you know. Well, I played with one with the Twins. I in spring training, um, Aaron Whitefield. Super athletic, but I think like everything about him was super athletic. Defense hitting. The f- crazy part was he could throw a softball like. 85 miles an hour underneath yeah so like in australia they have i wow. guess it's just like a different thing like Bastard. men's softball is like a really big thing okay. should have became a summary but is that where he came from was that's where he came from so okay. he came from australia over here at when he was young but uber talented but it was just crazy to see like other things he would do i'm like that's not normal. like that's really athletic and i can't believe he could do that yeah so hopefully the game the game's getting there where a lot more people are coming from all over Right. I know Italy's gonna have some talent. Like just thinking of the World Baseball. Club. We got a new league you know, in Dubai. You watch the Little League World Series. It's always a team from Taiwan. Yeah. You know, and I always think like, why do these guys not end up in the in major? Maybe they do. Maybe I'm. Maybe some, I'm just yeah. not aware that they do. But maybe not as many. Yeah. I play with Zhu Weilin. He was incredible. I love him. Who was it? Zhu Weilin. Zhu Weilin. Yeah. Pretty sure he won a World Series with the Red Sox. Yeah, and he's he's a great kid. Yeah, he was awesome. Played yeah. with him last year with the Ducks. Okay. Absolute yeah. cannon. Yeah, he just he's just a clean baseball player all around. Super pop for small guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's it's coming more. It's not just Dominican Venezuela. He's uh, like Puerto a god Rica. he's a god in Taiwan. Yeah. 
cool. And I think the World Baseball Classic being so, having so much attention the last couple of years is like really big for oh opening people's God, eyes yeah. to like. Is that growing? I, I haven't really. Oh my gosh! This yeah. was that was so exciting. What was to the watch viewership in Japan or something like oh, that? Uh, Sixty like two percent of all people in Japan watched the game. Yeah, like that's insane. Yeah, we had like six million here watch it. Yeah, no, they had something in the billions. Yeah, yeah. For viewership. Wow. For baseball. Otani's yeah. Otani can do that. Otani's gonna he's gonna elevate this game yeah. globally. Oh, he has. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it's just it's like that World Baseball Classic was like the first taste of like where this game's going. Mm -hmm. I'm just interested to see as he progresses throughout his career, how much more he becomes, you know, a global yeah. superstar. Any guys from China? Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't think I've ever I've heard of one. Either. I haven't played with somebody from China. And they're making it into basketball. But, yeah. Um, so I, I just want to tell you this story because I got to tell somebody. Tell me. Uh, I'm in high school, Minneapolis, playing in indoor track meets in the spring. Field, the University of Minnesota Fieldhouse. And the, all the high school track athletes are there, and the University baseball team is there. On that team is a guy named Dave Winfield. Wow. There's a guy practicing on the high jump, and he's got the bar set at 6'11". And I didn't see this. I wish I could say I saw this, so I know. Yeah. But the guy who told me, I don't think he was making it up, he said the bar was set at 6'11". Dave Winfield said, can I try that? No way. Did it. Just did it. I believe it. Just I, I could believe it, it though. You know, yeah, freak athlete. Some guys are just freaks like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you don't know. For the rare breed. But you know once you see them. It doesn't take much to be like, Right. Oh my God! Yeah, no. My, yeah. my dad says the probably the best talented baseball player he's ever played with was Daryl Strawberry. Really? Yeah. Because that's not what you think of Daryl Strawberry. I mean, he, he's, my dad said he was just crazy him. athlete. Yeah. 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 Just could do everything. Five tools, everything. Natural too. Yeah. Just like naturally, it wasn't you know, uh, working in so crazy hard and, and refining all these tools. He would just show up and do anything. Yeah. That'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, I mean that that's, I th when I was covering the New uh, Somerset Patriots, they had a guy named Greg Blosser, who played with the Sox, a cup of coffee, and he would go he would go 0 for 10, and then he hit six home runs in a row, then he'd go 0 for 12, and then he hit, you know, it was the freakiest streaky thing, and and he was trying, to, and as far as I could tell, his mental, like when he wasn't trying, he could do well, and when he was trying, he couldn't. It's you gotta find that happy medium. Perfect way of that's it, a yeah. deciphering deciphering factor for AAA in the big leagues. Yeah, it's baseball's a roller coaster. You don't want it to be a roller coaster. No, you, you gotta want it to be more find, like this. find out that consistency. And that's like that's literally the easiest yeah. thing said than done. Is it, so the I guys in be the this. big leagues have learned not to overthink it for the most part. They just they know their game so well where every time they show up to the field, you're getting a consistent player you know what you're getting out of that player right they're not wild cards like oh you know he can't do this or whatever I mean like most of them know how to play the game you know they know how to win and then whenever it comes to their personal skills like they've honed those in in the right. minor leagues right. now they're that now they're a polished product in the big leagues that's right. kind of like the difference maker because the guys in AAA they all have the talent they all have the tools but whether you refine all that put it together and, and give one product of you know, all-around player, mm. that that could be a thing. Or you could have one specific plus-plus tool that'll that'll kind of pull you up to the big leagues, and then right. you and then you kind of try to figure it all out there. Right, right. Do you watch the watch? I'm, I'm just a Sox fan. I'm watching Tristan Casas, mm, giant Tristan. guy, 
great numbers in the minus, and he's batting 180. He'll figure it out. You think so? I mean, I, I believe this, you know, the people who watch yeah. him, they say he's got it. He's, he's going to figure it, it out. But, but how, does, how do you coach that? How do you work with you gotta, You just got to play every day. That's it. You just got to keep, keep that momentum. It's, there is a big difference. In, well, now there's a big difference in the hype that these guys have. Yeah. So it wasn't like that when I was coming up. I didn't have too much hype. But I was one of the, the top guys in the minor leagues at the time. But I still didn't have camera crews following me or social media. It's all over you. There's right. there's that. There's the pitching has changed to where there's they're not used to the guys having a plan on how to attack them and then executing it for the most part. Mm-hmm. In the minor leagues, they have a plan how to execute. The higher you go, it's more defined. But they might not be able to execute as much. Right. So it's about... Tristan, yeah. all these young guys that are coming up, they hitters they get it the hardest because they're it's their first dose of having a guy that can execute that's really good. Yeah, I mean, there's really good talent in the and minor leagues. The easiest thing to measure. His to swing see. is his swing is very. Con- what I like about him is his swing is it stayed pretty consistent in regards to like how he attacks the baseball, mm-hmm. and I think he's making adjustments on how. He's setting up pitchers. I think he's starting to get comfortable. It's, it's a weird thing. Yeah, to think and, about, and at that level too, you're you're getting less mistakes from those pitchers. Yeah, you can't. You're not making as many mistakes. So in the minor leagues, you might go up there and tell yourself, you know, I'm going to take the first pitch. You can't. Meanwhile, in the big leagues, that could have been the best pitch you're going to see the entire bat. Right. Minor leagues, you could get away with that possibly depending on who you're facing, and know that you might get another pitch in mm-hmm. that at bat. The big leagues, that's kind of like the difference. My dad would tell me would, would be like, you know, you always got to be ready first pitch. Why? Because that might be the best pitch you get. And in the big leagues, you can't, you can't miss that mistake. Because right. then, you know, they're not likely to do that again. Mm-hmm. And let's say on the flip side, a lot of hitters give pitchers too much credit mm-hmm. when it comes to hitting their spots and stuff like that because they miss. They miss, you know. Mm-hmm. So you, you have to kind of try to control the zone. Right. At a certain point, especially as a rookie, it's hard because you know you, you're anxious. You want to do something. You want to you want to make your mark. You want to stay. You know mm-hmm. you want to do things to stay. But at the same time, the more you control the zone and make it's the same game, just just a little faster. You slow it down a little bit. Control the zone. Let the pitches come to you, and then try not to miss the mistakes if if they leave one out over the plate. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So I I when I interview people, I ask. Try to remember to ask two things. What's your worst moment and what's your best moment? Your worst day and your best day. And I asked you before what your worst days were. And you, all, you both said it was when you, got, you both got sent home from Florida. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, we talked about that. I mean, I don't know if you want to keep talking about that. But yeah. uh, <laughs> what was your best day? Best moment, like I could quit now. Oh, man, I, I would say my best moment is probably getting drafted by the Mets. Um, in the, in the fourth round, 2013, I like full circle, you know, kind of fall, fallen pops his footsteps sure. in, a, in a certain way. But at that round, it's, there's no nepotism there. So it was just cool how it kind of shook out mm-hmm. where, you know, I got to share that moment with my dad mm-hmm. and we kind of cried and we hung, hugged was each other because it was very surreal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. We, were, we were at home during the draft process. I think that was probably the coolest moment in my career because Everything led up to that moment. A little league, high school, AAU ball, college, like sure. all these, all the, t- all the time put in, all the achievements, all this, all the, the successes and failures. Finally, getting drafted was like that, like solidification of like, okay, 
you made it. Like this yeah. is the, this is the start now. Now you go off, mm -hmm. right? But like getting to that point of getting drafted is what all kids look forward to that yeah. draft day, and then having to share that moment with my dad with the same team he played so for you were home was pretty cool. Home waiting for it to ring. And yeah. What time? When did it ring? Uh, it was early in the fourth round. I think the second day. Yeah. Yeah. And what was your best moment? I think. Um, Having my parents out to my debut was probably the best, but it wasn't, I remember getting out there, I'm looking for them, I couldn't find them, and then my second at bat came around. Where, what stadium was that? Uh, Te Arlington, in right. Texas. And my mom and dad were sitting next to Nolan Ryan in George W. Bush's seats. Sure. So they're like, hey, number nine. And like when I saw them, I wasn't nervous then, it was like the third inning, but there's a comforting moment like that I had. Yeah, yeah. And then I come in and I get to my locker and my brother was a bartender at um, my aunt and uncle's place in Brantford. And he sent me a video. There's probably like, I don't know, 350 people at the at the bar. Mm -hmm. And he would stop all production on when, I would, when I'd be up. And they saw my first hit and the place erupted. So like That's for me, awesome, man. It's, I got to have my, my mom and dad there, which was amazing. And thankfully my brother and helped. you'd been seeing them on the sidelines since you were. Yeah. Yeah, so like, you know, they had a lot of, lot of traveling to make That's it happen. Cool. And, you know, my brother helped get them there because when I first made the call, I, I didn't know how to plan a trip for them. Like I, right. I had so much on my mind, so he took over and got them tickets. But that was amazing to have them there. I would have, I would have been devastated if they weren't. Right. But then to come back and see, like, all of Brantford in my hometown, like, just celebrating me, like... I had a good support system all around. Okay. So, like, those are probably the, the coolest ones I have. Okay. Do you have to pay for your own beer when you go to Brantford now? Depends. <laughs> uh, it depends <laughs> the kind of mood my uncle's in. <laughs> yeah, there was just a story in the Globe today about, what was his name, Steve Price with the Red Sox? Uh, most valuable player in 2018. David Price? Dave, no, not, not Steve. I said no. It wasn't David Price. He was a pitcher. He was, this guy was the first baseman. He was filled in for Mike. Like a... 2018? Yeah. Chris Freisman. He was MVP of the World Series. Oh, well, like we got yeah, Freddie anyway. Freeman or whatever you got. You got. Yeah. He said he, he never has to buy a beer in Boston. Oh, David Freeze was one of those in, in St. Louis that doesn't have to buy anything in St. Louis. Yeah. When he took down the Rangers in the World Series. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That was a tough one. And the, the word, I covered a, a football team in, on Martha's Vineyard. And if you're on Martha's Vineyard, and you're an islander. You, there's like four thousand people. And, yeah. And and this one guy, he he won the state football championship in, in 1994, and he was still getting free stuff. <laughs> <laughs> people don't yeah. forget. You know? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you know, hometown heroes. Yeah. Um, tell me about the Atlantic League thing. Uh, the, oh, I one other question for that. There was I'm trying to think. Carl Yastrzemski's son Mike played. Um, Kobe. Clemens, what other son and father team combinations in baseball? Uh, did, did you know other guys whose dads played? Yeah, Mariano, Mariano Rivera, uh, and Mariano Rivera Jr. Oh, is that yeah, right? yeah. Pitcher too. Yeah, he was a pitcher of the Nationals for a little bit. He was drafted in the fourth round from uh, I think Iona College or Quinnipiac, uh -huh. one of the two. Um, yeah, I grew up with him too. Uh, he's a good kid, friends with him. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think of other combos. Well, now there's a bunch. Because now, the yeah, draft well, that now they're in the big leagues too. It's pretty Holiday, crazy. Jones. I mean, there's all those, all those yeah. guys. Are, their sons are like in high school now. Yeah. Oh, and then of course Ken Griffey. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm just picturing a father and son game 
somewhere in the future. Your deck is still played when you're playing. Yeah, I mean, it's still up in the air. I think maybe August might be thinking about doing a little mm. guest appearance, yeah. me and my dad. What, what, do, you, do you go to batting cages? Do you play? Do you, do you, do you, right now? There's senior leagues, you know? A lot of, a lot of golf now. Uh, I can't. My shoulders messed up. I was in a softball league. I can't even lift my shoulder up over my. I gotta get surgery. <laughs> yeah. So like my excuse is I can't do dishes because if I have to go too high. Yeah. So which is good for you me. Can break the dishes too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I'm safety. I'm, it's not about me. It's, it's, a, it's, safety, about it's a safety hazard. <laughs> so for me, it's good. And Pete Nelson, UConn Alumni Magazine, thanks so much for coming to our podcast today. We really appreciate you taking the time out of your day. Yeah, I could do um, it. Know you're super busy, so thank you again. And then until next time, I'm LJ. I'm Mike. And we'll see you on the lineup. <laughs>